Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. During the World Series, they ran an ad campaign urging viewers to stand up against Jewish hate, which sounded really confusing, but the phrase was about hatred of Jews. It was paid for by New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who is Jewish. And it pointed out... Okay, so this was hatred against, stand up against hatred against Jews. They weren't accusing the Jews of being hateful. Right, but the wording, I had friends that said that, you know, that sounds confusing. That sounds like they're talking about Jews who hate. But the point of it was hatred of the Jews. And it's clarified in the public service announcement of the commercial. It pointed out that hatred of Jews is up 388% since the Hamas attacks. Jewish people make up 2.4% of the U.S. population, but are targets of over 60% of hate crimes linked to religion. So I was kind of surprised when I first saw that thing, but I was proud of Robert Kraft. You know, and he gives money to all different kinds of charities and denominations, but he is Jewish. So he felt it was time for somebody to stand up and make a statement. Now, you opened the broadcast with a powerful powerful introduction about this whole controversy. And I know you've covered it extensively, not only on this show, but in your podcast and in your book, The Holocaust Against Israel, which listeners out there, get that book. If you haven't got it, get The Holocaust Against Israel by Bob Siegel. And so I know you've talked about it a lot, whereas mainstream media and the liberals who rant about racism and hate crimes seem to ignore this oldest and most consistent racism in history, hatred of the Jews. Well, part of that is because uh, Jews are designated as white, and if you're white, you can't possibly be the victim of a hate crime. That's that's some of it. There are a lot of other mysteries associated (laughs) with anti-Semitism, but that's at least part of the narrative. Yeah, yeah. well, that was Whoopi Goldberg's wisdom. That's right. uh, The Holocaust wasn't hate, wasn't bigotry, because they weren't black. But Whoopi's a little bit, I don't know what happened. She'd have had trouble explaining that to Sammy Davis Jr., because he was both black and Jewish. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I think Whoopi's hair braids are just a little too tight. I think that's probably the problem. (laughs) So... Let's look at some of the history. I know you have great thoughts because you come from a Jewish background, and I think people need to know that when you talk about these things. You know what it's like. You understand this thing probably better than most. Now, all of this stuff about Palestine. Who owns Palestine? The Palestinian nation, blah, 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 which, by the way, was never... <laughs> there was no Palestinian nation. There's but, never been a nation uh, called Palestine, ever. Yeah. Now, now, the word Palestine, the Greek word for Palestine, is from the Hebrew word Philistia, land of the Philistines. Yes, and Emperor Hadrian changed the name of Judea to Syria, Palestinia, to rub the Jews' noses yeah. in the face of their enemies. So for 2,000 yeah. years, that did become the informal nickname of the Holy Land, but that's not the same as saying that there was this nation and this indigenous yeah. group of people called the Palestinians. Yeah, and that's a great confusion. I hear people talk now, about... There are people that uh, live in that land that call themselves Palestinians, but they were calling themselves yeah. Arabs in 1948 when Israel became a nation, and the word Palestinian did not become popular or their new title until it became a ploy by Yasser Arafat, and that takes us into the exactly. 1960s. It's as new as the 1960s. Yeah, exactly. But the current generation doesn't always have a grasp of that history and those definitions. So now, Israel, the Jews as a people, 
have been at war, been enslaved, been occupied by numerous nations over the years. We mentioned the Philistines. You know, remember the story of David and Goliath? He was a Philistine, and they were at war with Israel. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, remember Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) Yeah, the Seleucid Empire, which was a leftover from Alexander the Great's reign, and that led to the Maccabean Revolt, which is covered in the Apocryphal books. Which, the Apocrypha which and the Talmud, the revolt against yeah, Antiochus yeah. Epiphanes, where the Hanukkah story comes from. Yeah. By the way, you know, Mel Gibson intended, he wanted to do a movie about the Maccabees, the Maccabean Revolt. But he got way later. He took so much flack for doing the film about the Passion of the Christ. And so instead he did one about some tribes in South America killing each other. So the Roman Empire occupied Israel. I always found it interesting when Jesus was talking in John chapter 8. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. There's, it's a lot longer text there. And the Jews got mad. He said, we've never been slaves to anyone. <laughs> well, except for Egypt, Assyria, Babylon. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something <laughs> out of were, Monty Python's Life of Brian. Yeah, and the Romans who were currently occupying them. So they've had this long, long history. And then, of course, Rome destroyed the temple in 70 AD. And the Jews were scattered at that point until... 1948, and then there was a declaration of a nation of Israel, and another exodus began to take place, and, and they began returning to Yeah, the they actually Holy returned Land. quite some time before then, because the League of yeah. Nations and the Balfour Declaration, and now we're going back to closer to the turn of the 20th century, invited them in, yeah. but they were superseded by the United Nations. So there was a lot of history of the Jews yeah. returning to their promised land throughout the 20th century, but there had been a remnant that always remained there. Yes, after 70 sure, AD, and sure. then again even more in the beginning of the second century when there was another revolt and we had Emperor Hadrian. A lot of Jews were enslaved and scattered and murdered, but there had always been a remnant that remained there. So this idea that the Jews have no historical claim to that land is just such utter garbage. Yeah, and that's just leaving out the spiritual, biblical claim that God promised that land to them, which most people do not accept that, except for people that are hardcore believers. But even if people don't accept that, we can still say that historically they lived in that land for thousands of years. You don't have to even believe in the Bible to accept that. It's a historical truth. Well, but now what you're see the problem, Bob, is is you're saying that you accept history and history is being rewritten every day. People just don't know history like you and I did when we grew up, went to school, they taught history, you learned things and, and there were things that were just documented and were fact, and now they've just thrown out so much. So there's a real problem with people being indoctrinated, re-educated. Well, our schools can't yeah. even tell people what restroom to use anymore. Do we can trust them about history or any fact at all anymore? Well, I think we're in the twilight zone. I think we're in a very troubling time in regards to people's grasp of reality, truth, absolute truth. We're well past the days of moral relativism. We're past the postmodern. We're the post-postmodern era now. So you can talk about history, you can state facts, but people will just shake their head and say, well, I don't agree with that. (laughs) Don't confuse me with the facts. And what they mean is they agree with what they've been indoctrinated with in school and through the media. When they say, I don't agree with that, I'm going to go, oh, so you all on your own came up with some reason to disagree with this? No, you're marching in lockstep with the talking points. 
Yeah, which goes back to what you opened with. I used to wonder how in the world did common German people, probably good people, how did they stand by and let that happen? And we're watching it in our own. Some of them were too scared to say anything. Some of them were so stupid they believed it. A few brave ones spoke up and got killed. That's how it happens. That's the recipe for a dictatorship. Yeah, we're in perilous times and don't think it couldn't happen again. Because this whole thing with Hamas and what's been stirred up. It's happening again. uh, It's happening again before our eyes. Yeah. And that was the point of that public service ad that ran during the World Series. And I saw it today during football games. They're still showing the thing. It is a real issue. And in this country, you know, 388% is quite an increase in such a short period of time. So people are swayed. They are mesmerized by what they hear in the media and social media, but a lot of it is in the education system. I wasn't planning on saying this, but there's a point I've tried to illustrate, because I have friends that are really heavy into the education. I have a friend who's an atheist, and she was former dean, uh, assistant dean at the University of Hawaii. And when I was in San Diego recently, had lunch with her, and we talked. I said, you know, I think the problem is, is that when you and I went to school, we were taught how to learn and how to think. Now the system is teaching kids what they're supposed to believe. And uh, it's dangerous. And here's an example. Now we're going to go back to another (laughs) strong suit of mine, which is music. And I was up in Northern California. I worked in this place. And there was a kid who went to Humboldt State University. And he came in one day and he said, Rush is the greatest rock and roll band in history. I said, what? Rush is the greatest rock. It's a Canadian three-piece band. It's the greatest band in rock and roll history. I said, you know, there might be some people that were fans of the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Beach Boys and, and some and U2 and some other groups that might differ with it. He said, no, no, no. My teacher's a music teacher, and he said that Rush is the greatest. So that settles it right there. There you go. So I wanted to make a super quick comment based on what you guys just said. I had to take a couple of college courses in order to get my bachelor's degree in communications, and I definitely felt as if they were trying to push me to feel bad for being A, a male, and then being a white male, for that matter. One of those classes had to deal with how women were treated in Hollywood and how that treatment is still going on in today's society. Society, and then the same thing goes with a lot of the other ethnicities as well. And it just felt as if I personally was being attacked in there a lot of the time. Too bad you I weren't there more recently. You could have just said, I identify as a female. Oh, How I should have done that. Dang it. Yes, of course. But I completely concur with you guys. Instead of just teaching the kids specific values or specific instructions and lessons plans, they're telling us how to think in today's society instead. And it's a shame to see the education system where it is to this day. And I'm sure that my silly example about music, though to me it was serious because this kid just bought it hook, line, and sinker. Don't worry, I hate Rush too, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I can name the members of the band, which most people can, and I can name songs by the band. But anyway, I'm sure it happens in other courses, in other subjects, and throughout the system. And the obvious thing that we're seeing, making the obvious obvious, is that people somehow think that the Jews are responsible for the atrocities going on right now in the Middle East. It's mind-boggling that someone could think that. And I know people who blame the Jews, and they consider the Jews terrorists or at least instigators. It just baffles me. Meanwhile, guess what that. nation was just put in charge of the Human Rights Council of the United Nations? Iran. <laughs> we need to take that you know, United Nations building in New York City and turn it into a big public toilet. That is my opinion of the United Nations. Well, 
Way, way back, I was in agreement with the movement that said, get U.S. out of U.N. I never thought that it was a good idea. You know, it's funny when the Twin Towers were destroyed by those two planes. They didn't fly any planes into the United Nations building, did they? And what's interesting is after 9-11, where 3,000 Americans were murdered by terrorists, Islam suddenly became a politically correct religion. We just saw the reverse last month after these atrocities against the Jews, the Jews were blamed for the atrocities, just the opposite of what happened with 9-11. In that short period of time, it's not only mind-boggling, but it's frightening to me. I don't like to think about the indoctrination that my grandchildren are going to be forced to go through. And it's just a crazy time. And conspiracy theories aside, and also my friends who have last day's mania, every time something happens, every blood moon, every bomb, it's the end of the world. This is the beginning of Armageddon. And you've talked about it. You know, there is tribulation that doesn't necessarily mean it's the great tribulation. So maybe Jesus will come back today, tonight, tomorrow. I don't know, but I think there may be yet some things to play out before the end of time as we know it. So crazy time, but I want to go back and touch on the thing, the gathering when Israel was officially made a nation in 1948. And as you point out, there were Jews there already, but many Jews started returning. A lot of them from Russia, in fact. Jews began going back to Israel And part of the politic of all of that was in a response to World War II, Hitler's hatred of the Jews was front and center in that war. We refer to the Holocaust, which now some people deny ever took place. And the same people that deny that the first Holocaust took place are calling for something just like that Holocaust right now. There's an irony for you. that, That is really ironic. And I would advise anybody in the sound of my voice right now, the next time you have an opportunity to visit our nation's capital, please make reservations and go see the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. There are others around the world, but this one is in our country and you can get to it. I've been to it twice and it's just extremely moving, extremely educational. And when you get to go do this, I'm encouraging everyone to go to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum while it still stands. Yeah, before Biden uh, tears it down and puts an Islamophobia museum instead. It's there or something. But if you go, leave yourself a good 45 minutes to an hour to just sit and weep, because that's what I did. They have a reflection, a little area where you can just sit and ponder what you've just walked through. And I just sat there and wept for 45 minutes. Yeah, they have one in Israel also. That's the one that I visited. Yeah, Yeah. and I'm sure it's equally moving. So that was part of, it was a response to those things, I think, that motivated the nationalization or the founding of the official state of Israel because they realized there had been such an atrocity. By the way, the film Bonhoeffer versus the Third Reich, starring our good friend Ryan Hall. Yes. So he plays the part of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Yeah, we had him on the show a few weeks ago talking about that. Yeah, and it's now available on Amazon. You can stream Amazon or watch it on there, and it'll be challenging. It's a serious subject. Bonhoeffer was a mysterious person to me. One of the earliest books I read as a Christian was called The Cost of Discipleship. And man, that guy, he lived through some tough stuff, but he had some radical ideas. And I have a big, thick book that's a biography on him and he's a fascinating person but check out the film if you get the chance now here's a passage that i've been quoting recently since the hamas attack this is from the book of zechariah the prophet 
And he says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem, and in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for people. All that burden themselves with it shall be severely injured, and all the people of the earth will be gathered together against it. Now, I know that there are Old Testament applications and stuff, but I think that this is also a prophetic foretelling of events that will to come in that vein. And right now, someone posted a map. It's just outrageous. It shows that whole area of Egypt and North Africa and all around that, and the Muslim countries surrounding the little tiny dot of Israel. (laughs) And they are surrounded. And yet they're called the conquerors and they're called the colonizers. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.